the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with three. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Episode 84 here on the podcast, and we are in the middle of our senior swing, inter- uh, interviewing our our uh, four seniors of the 2021-22 Purdue men's basketball team. and. Uh, Second installment of the senior talks, and uh, we would like to welcome in Sasha Stefanovic. Sasha, thanks for taking time to join us here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So uh, we had Jared Wilburn on on episode one of this little kind of mini series here, and uh, kind of got into a lot of his background. Um, obviously, his dad a coach. Um, your dad also uh, very uh, familiar to the basketball world. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about. Uh, Life is a, a little Stefanovich and coming in this world and, and getting around the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, my dad, he uh, you know grew up uh, overseas in Serbia, came over when he was uh, younger to Gary, Indiana, and then moved there. How but old was he when he came over? About eight, seven or eight. Okay. So he, he grew okay. up pretty much over here, but you know, born over there and then um, you know played basketball from Maribel High School, went to Illinois State University, played for uh, great coach Bob Donawald. And then got drafted by the Sonics in '85, and then played overseas for a little bit. So, um, you know, just you know, growing up, he was my coach for a lot of AAU things, and you know, Crown Point AAU and stuff like that. So, you know, getting his perspective on a lot of things, it's been really helpful throughout my time. And um, you know, one thing like I always talk about, like, but but one thing with him is he never put any pressure on me. Any, you know, he had a great career in himself, but he never really pushed me to be a basketball player like you know he he gave me a lot of confidence in, in myself and and just uh reassured me all the time that you know if I'm playing bad or if I'm not doing the, the thing that I need to be doing on the floor you know it's okay there's always an, another opportunity and stuff like that so he really has been a, a great influence on my life and and just a a positive impact on my basketball career as well that's good to hear since so many um so many dads live through their <laughs> yeah through their sons. We've talked about that on this show before. I might add this as well. I know your high school coach Clint Swan yeah. very well, and I actually have asked Coach Swan this a handful of years ago. Uh, actually, when you came on board with uh, mm-hmm. Purdue, I said, "What was it? What was Sasha's dad like?" Because you know he was as you mentioned, he was an NBA player. Yeah, and Coach Swan said, "I never heard a peep from him." Right, yeah. he's just a great sports dad. 100%. Right, never said a word. Just yeah. let Sasha do his thing, and and uh, so yes, uh, to yeah. reconfirm what Sasha is saying, his dad is an excellent sports yeah, dad. Definitely, yes, definitely in high school, my dad, uh, my like I said, my dad's very uh, a calm guy. Like you, you see him now, especially like you know, it's kind of a point of emphasis when I make shots here or something like that. My dad is over there, just cool, calm, collected, not really doing much, not getting crazy, but. My mom, on the other hand, is going crazy. But no, but definitely in high school, especially like when I started to get recruited by a lot of people, I could tell him getting a little fired up in certain situations, especially like when I wasn't doing, like I wasn't playing to the level that I needed to be playing at, like certain games. 
I could hear him like, you know, chirping at me on the sidelines. Let's, let, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so that's only the time that I've ever really heard him kind of get fired up or say anything really about stuff like that. So do you know the reason your grandparents decided to come to the States? Yeah. You know, there's a mix of, you know, just, um, you know, the issues over there with a lot of tension and, and yeah. communism and stuff like that. And just on top of it, just, you know, new opportunities, new jobs. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, a lot of a lot of people immigrated over here from, from Eastern Europe, just steel mills and everything like that, new opportunities for work. So my, my grand my grandpa both sets of my grandparents actually, uh, on my mom's side as well. They're they're from Macedonia, so they also immigrated over, but um just working in the Gary Steel Mills pretty much their entire lives and um, you know, you don't you don't really know the language, you don't know a lot of different people, but you you know, you work those blue collar collar jobs and they both did that so yeah wow yeah those i've got family that were in the steel mills and that was uh seems like it wasn't that long ago but gary was a much different city back in, 100%. In those days. My, dad, hear, my dad tells me about it all the time yeah, yeah i hear the stories all the time i still have family up there and when and it's just amazing how big a city was and how much steel was such a big part of that community yeah definitely so um talk about when you grew up your love of the game, like I know your dad didn't push you into it, but do you remember, do you have that moment as a child where you thought, man, I really like this, like the basketball is intriguing, or did you play other sports? Or? Yeah, definitely. I definitely played a lot of different sports growing up. I was, um, I, I dipped my toes in football for two years, figured out there's zero chance that's for me. <laughs> what position <laughs> did you play? Oh, man. we we uh, I was third string running back, and then I was – third string tight end and <laughs> i figured <laughs> okay I, I figured uh this isn't the route for me i hated it but um but no like soccer growing up uh, you know baseball i played baseball for a long time but a lot of different things but um i don't know I, you know growing up i always played up a level of au so i always played a grade higher and when i was in first grade actually i played two grades up and i played on the third grade au team and that first like summer was the first time that i was like wow this is like really fun like i get mm. to play with a lot of different uh, you know, I didn't know any of those kids. Like it was a brand new, you know, age group to me and a lot of different people. And, you know, I was, you know, practicing whatever with a lot of different kids that it, I found it really fun and it was enjoyable. And I just figured, you know, this is a, the sport that I like the most. And then w once I started to kind of figure out I'm not good at certain other things or certain <laughs> other sports or anything, like I really just dove into basketball. I think I probably really decided that this was for me, like, like eighth grade like i figured like this is this is the the sport that i wanted to be in for however long i could be in it for did you guys go to high school games like when you were in eighth grade yeah all the time i mean my older brother my, my older brother's five years older than me he played high school with spike albrecht uh they were teammates spike's a year older than my brother but they were really good at that time so you know that was like a, really important for me to not only watch my older brother, my my older brother played varsity as a freshman. Like he started as a sophomore, so it was a big deal to watch, like go every Friday night and watch him play against good people, and also see Spike. And you know they had a lot of good other players, but uh, it was really important for me to just like man, like I could get there one day. And my mm -hmm. brother was doing it, Spike was doing it, so it was a uh, it was like really fun to watch there in that time. It's amazing. We always talk to guys about that, and and that's a big thing. Like you know even. I think every player we've ever talked to, former player, it's like, you know, it starts with that dream of playing on the high school team. And, man, I could be one of those guys that runs yeah. out there on that Friday night. And, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so your brother playing, what were those games like in the backyard? Oh, man. <laughs> you, you honestly should get perspective from my mom and my dad on those. Like, we would go 
at each other like bad like seriously like i i attribute so much of my like success in basketball to him because you know he was as a eighth grader he was as big as he is now so he was six one <laughs> you know in in eighth grade six one like 170 real strong and he was a point guard mm. so he was real good with the ball you know he could shoot the ball he was he was tough strong and we would go at it in the driveway. Like every single time that we would play one on one, it always ended in a fight. Every single time. And my mom wouldn't like. We were like, "You guys are done. Like you can't do this anymore." Like I remember we we broke the handle on our fridge because he threw the ball at me after and it missed me and hit the fridge. I threw. I think I threw like a baseball bat at him one time. We were we were violent when we got in there, but it was good. It was it was competitive. It was fun. Did, did your now did your dad ever get involved in the games and whoop off on you boys a little bit? He played. He I I never forget. He tried playing. I don't know what grade I was in. I was probably like middle school. He tried playing like one on one against one of us. Like pulled his hamstring. Done, done <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. Never got back in the arena. He, he would he would try to school us in horse all the time, but that was extent of playing. So. You guys are out there battling it out. Did he? Did your older brother, like he probably dominated you for a while, just from a physical yeah. standpoint. So, did he ever let you win, or was it like, hell no, you're not winning? Or and then second part of that is, when's the first time you remember beating him? Uh, good question. Never let me beat him <laughs> in the physical basketball, video games, like stuff like that. We were super competitive. He always let me win, and mm. then. Because if not, that was also a fight too. Yeah, but um, yeah, I do remember the first time I won. It was it was in the driveway. But like he I didn't said. let you win. No, didn't right. let me yeah. win. And it yeah. was like real competitive. Like I was probably, I was probably like going into high school, something around that. Like he just finished playing, and it was like around that time that I, I beat him. And I remember one time, like that was another big fight. He's like, you know, <laughs> we just got into it. But no, seriously, it, it really was like great for me because i got a, yeah. a chance to play against the yeah, at that time he was high like you know a great player he just he had a lot of injuries in high school that kind of kind of messed him up but he was uh he, he pushed me to be great in, at that time when i really needed it the most did you have any like i think about back in my childhood my brother was younger than me like okay so he beat you or you beat him mm-hmm. you're he's stewing you're probably super happy <laughs> did was there ever like, uh, did you ever feel bad like uh, beat him or like when you started to get maybe is did you get to a point where you started to beat him more frequently and then did you ever feel bad about that? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. We went, we went at it, and then, and then at that time, yeah, at that time it started to get competitive. So it was like you know I'd win one, he'd win one. You know, it was like good, and my mom would be all, always could tell who would won just by the first one walking in with a smile on their face, mm-hmm. and then the next one slamming the door or something. <laughs> did it ever bleed over like a family vacation was ruined because you were fighting? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes like we would a couple of days we were uh we would just really wouldn't talk to each other but no he really he's like really my best friend so it it's you know we we go at it a lot like that but it, it was always it was good and so, it was fun. And so safe to assume with the age difference you two probably never played together no, right on the same that's, team that's at, at of, any level no yeah. that's one of the one things i wish you know we would have got a chance to because yeah. i play i played a little bit of varsity as my as a freshman so if he was, you know, there as a senior, I would have loved that. But no, we never had a chance. Yeah. No COVID years back then. No, nope. yeah, stick around <laughs> for another. Did uh, you guys now? I'm assuming you probably 
scratch your competitive itches on the golf course all the time mm-hmm. that's our thing now. and your dad's in that mix probably <laughs> all too, the huh? time my, so, so my dad's the good one so my dad likes to talk trash a lot on the golf course so if you got if the three of you are playing what what game are you playing like are you what how do you do it just a brawl score or do you have any yeah you know we usually mix it up well usually when we go out and play it's more just casual just like kind of enjoy it but um you know me and my brother like we'll do like some match play stuff like that but not no real games i'll go head to head with my dad because we're about the same and my dad i still have yet to beat my dad on the really on the every wow. time he gets me man is he, he getting your head a little he gets bit in my head man. <laughs> he, he loves to just throw little chirps while i'm doing something and it, it just bothers me and he gets me uh, he knows how to push my buttons well if anybody if any of our listeners know sasha's dad at all i think he could he he could uh he could have a role in movies or uh you <laughs> know like you a mafia a Netflix series of some kind. You like, want, he's a big dude. He's got that look. That you want to know something hilarious? He, um, you know, growing up, or, or like when he was younger, he had that slick back hair. He was tall, skinny. And <laughs> <laughs> he jokes that, like, people would stop him in the airport and call him Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. Wow. <laughs> So he would watch, he would, I'll, I'll never forget, like growing up, we would be sitting, we would go to like Blockbuster down the street and grab Steven Seagal movies because he's like, that dude looks like me, man. Uh, okay. Sorry. That is one of the best things ever said on this podcast. That is hilarious. Well, if anybody knows Lou, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. Man, that is awesome. Well, and uh, I mean, your mom, she's just got a, she's got a place in, uh, in heaven for her because, yeah. uh, you know, dealing with you guys all the time, yeah, going right. at it. Well, it's not that she's bad. She's married. To, she's married to Steven Seagal. <laughs> How bad can it be? <laughs> no doubt. Oh, that's funny. So, okay, so you get the crown point. You're playing as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Things are good. Um, did you have a point where you thought I could do this at the next level? Yeah, you know, I I think it was that after my freshman year, going into my sophomore year. The first team to ever recruit me was Indiana Wesleyan, and okay. you know they're a really great NAIA, yep. NAIA school, and um, I just started getting you know letters, a lot of recruitment from them, and I figured like, man, if they you know if they, if I'm getting recruited, and I didn't even play that well my freshman year, I, I played, but I didn't, you know, I didn't make a you know I didn't have a lot of production or whatever, but I said, man, if I'm already getting recruited like that, like you know I could set my sights higher, so I wrote down a goal, like we always have. A, you know exit meetings and everything like that and i had one with coach swan and he asked me like what's your what's your goal like what's your long-term goal and i told him like to play in the big 10 conference like that was my goal and he's like okay I like maybe it, make, it makes sense you got a little bit you know to go but like no nah, it like i wrote it down from that and and from there i was like you know what i could maybe get there like i the style of player i was and um I didn't think I shot it as well back then, but like it was something that like I could constantly see myself improving to get to that level. And I think that summer was like a big summer for me and like seeing my development, like to be a starter at that varsity level and play good teams and everything like that. I think that was a big summer for me. Yeah. Did you have a team you rooted for growing up? College wise? Yeah. I mean, I would obviously watch here with Rob and and Etwan and everything, but it was more just like seeing seeing guys that. I watched in high school, so like, like as weird as it sounds, like I would I would cheer for like Michigan State because Brendan Dawson, you know, yeah, he played yeah. up in up in Gary, but like you know, just different guys like that. Like, uh, yeah, I would even root for like Memphis because they had a kid named Angel Garcia yeah, with yeah. that played with Etwan. Like, 
just random things like sure, that, you yeah. know. But I would always watch a lot of Purdue games too. So there's a there's a kinship in the region. Yeah, you know, you guys you guys stick together. It's it's I think it's one of the cooler parts of our state, to be honest. And I'm biased. I have family up there, but uh, just knowing that that re- the region mm-hmm. and knowing that region of the state, there's just um, it's just a cool mix of of people. But everybody has pride yeah. in the fact that they're from there. I 100%. think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah, there's a lot of different kids that I knew, like I grew up with, that are playing college basketball now. Like I know there's, I think there's six players on Drake University right now that are my age that i grew up playing against so like i wow. i love watching them play like you know yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. so like you know that that thing like when every time we'll come home you know we usually get those mays like may off and we're home and we're always playing open gym like every day with each other and stuff like that so it's really cool to get that you know friendship you know still i was gonna ask you when you go back that would be some good pickup games in the oh, summers definitely. like that yeah that's yeah. pretty cool really competitive like we got like like guys like that you know damian jefferson who played at creighton he was from east chicago jermaine cousinard he's at south carolina right now but those two guys were from east chicago valpo obviously brandon a lot of different guys from there but it's always fun you know it's really competitive and like everybody wants to get each other better too and you know take each other's best shot like it's it's yeah. it's always bragging rights too was purdue the first big 10 school that reached out um, I think it, you. I think we might have been actually either that or I think Northwestern might have been. Okay, yeah, I that, would, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it was Northwestern. And then uh, I assume Coach Owens was the one that mm-hmm. reached out from here because I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Vaguely. Coach o, Coach O was kind of the main guy that was that was getting me here. I took an unofficial. I, I remember in June um, of going into my senior year, and then you know constantly kept you know recruiting me he came up to a bunch of open gyms actually yeah a couple of workouts and then paint came up a few times too but coach i was the main guy and i remember we were in a weird spot scholarship wise mm-hmm. and and that's often the case in the spring we just you get to a yeah. point where you don't really know it's gonna it's gonna get even worse now yeah. um, with uh with the codes with transfer portal and all this stuff going on but um yeah it's it was one of those things i remember your name coming up all the time mm-hmm. when we were sitting around talking about you know recruiting and things like that and coach saying man you know if we can get one you know we definitely want to get them we just got to make sure we have a scholarship available and then i remember you came to a game i forget what game it was you came up here to the office no, afterwards i think it was, was that it no. i think it was a no i went to that game yeah. yeah and uh and we talked to you and just it was like hey keep you know keep plugging away yeah. we're, we're there if you you know if we're trying to get there and then um so then what was it like? You get that call, like, okay, hey, we have the scholarship, we're mm-hmm. ready to go. Was it like no brainer done, or was it like? It was actually kind of funny that you mentioned that because, like, that I remember Paint came up to one game um, in the middle of the season. I played really well, and I was like, man, I I think he's gonna offer me up this. <laughs> I, I played well, and he didn't. And I was, you know, you know that like I said, this is my dream school. Like, I really wanted him to to want me, and. Um, you know, didn't offer me. And then he came up to another game. We I remember we played a Thursday night against Portage at Portage, and it was because the girls sectional was on that Friday, so we had to play Thursday. And I remember I played. I didn't think I played great. I, I remember I had 14, and I had 14 rebounds, which is my career high rebounds. And I was like, still, I was like, man, I kind of sucked. Like that was a bad game. Like I I kind of blew it. And so I was real like discouraged and everything. And then I get on the bus, blah, 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 you go back, and I didn't and I didn't see he called. I was on the bus, and then I got back to the locker room, and I saw he called, and I'm like, oh, man. So I called him back. I went in our, um, we have, like, a little staircase, a stairwell, 
called him back and then he offered me, you know, on the phone. And I was like, yeah, you know, coach, like, I'm going to talk to my family and everything, but like, just so you know, like, I'm going to take this. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I got to say, you know, I got to talk to some people, but just like letting you know right now, I'm going to take this. So, so for those who have seen your, uh, your segment on BTN's The Journey, mm-hmm. they talk a lot about what you're speaking of. Yeah. Uh, the one thing they don't really talk about, and I would like to know, did you have a plan B? Mm-hmm. Because it sure sounds like you were Purdue all the way, right? Yeah. What if? What if Matt Painter had not offered that scholarship? Did you have another option, or were you? Yeah. This is it. It's it's all or nothing with Purdue. You know, luckily enough, the the, the people that were recruiting me that I kind of kept as my like final final few, few schools that I really wanted to go to were all understanding of like my situation. Mm. So, I it was really between Valpo and Loyola Chicago, and Northern Iowa was in the mix, and Evansville was in the mix, but I really liked Loyola and Valpo at that time, and. You know, Porter Moser was the, the coach. I really wanted to go to Loyola. I probably would have went to Loyola. And, um, you know, Porter at the time's like, I told him I was just like, because I, I wanted to commit in, in the fall of my senior year. I just wanted to get sure. it over with. I just, you know, I didn't want to have to worry about it. And I told, I told all the coaches, like, when paint started to be like, I would wait. Like, because the whole thing was he was waiting on Biggie because he didn't know if he was going to go to the NBA or not. Right. And, you know, some other things obviously happened, but like he didn't know at that time. So he's like, it's probably going to open up, but I don't know. So when he kind of told me that, I was like, all right, I need to tell these people, thank you. Like, I, if you're still going to recruit me, you still really want me maybe in the spring. It, you know, it's there just in case, but. I, I want to wait to see what Coach Paint says. Sure. So I kind of had a plan B, but that plan B would have went away if all of them said no. Sure. You know, sure. like I, they're not going to wait waste their time anymore, which I was straight up. I was just, I told them like, this is my, this is what I want to do. Like I, if they offer me, I'm going to go there. If not, I would love to go to one of your university, universities because I like those programs a lot, but it just, it, this was the place I wanted to be, you know. Well, that your that scenario, like so many scenarios, is just if you're honest. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it sounds corny and cliched, but it's the it, you know if you're honest about things, that's usually the best route. Yeah. And uh, well, I, these people also invested a lot of time in me. You know, like mm-hmm. like they recruit. I yes. went on a ton of visits. I ta- like a ton of like you know I went to a ton of games at Loyola Valpo. Like I just it, it wouldn't have been right for me to just been like you know screw you guys like I, i'm i'm gonna do something else like i told them straight up like if you guys are still interested i'm still interested but i just don't know yeah well you're you're mature because plenty of guys say yeah. screw those guys i've <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been around this long enough yeah when uh you get the uh yeah that and that's the that's the thing is like on the flip side too like recruits want coaches to be honest and Let's face it, a lot aren't. There's mm-hmm. there's bad dudes in this business, just mm-hmm. like there's bad dudes in any business. Um, and, you know, coaches want players, to be honest, too. Like, hey, if you're not interested in us, just tell us. Yeah. Like, we'll save us we'll save us a ton of time, and we'll stop recruiting you right now. And that's right. why I think as the years go on, you know, and especially as Coach Painter's um, been here longer, you know, he got to a point a few years ago where he was like, okay, I'm established now. I, I know – I know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. Hey, just be honest with me. You want to come here? If we have a shot, tell me. If we don't have a shot, please tell me ASAP <laughs> yeah. so we can cross your name off the 100%. list and quit wasting time and money on you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, but the best way to handle it. And it's cool that those guys, well, it speaks to the, the kind of player and person you are that they kept recruiting you. And Yeah. 
you could have been there if if we decide you know we didn't something fell through on on this end so. yeah definitely so you come in to the mix here and that was the year we went on the world university games mm-hmm, that first mm-hmm. year yep so it was a little different because you got to like practice. jump right in yeah. practice we had all those practices you got to play over there mm-hmm. and then we get back and it's like okay now you can't play anymore you <laughs> exactly. just gotta you gotta keep practicing <laughs> yeah. so how was that like yeah it was um I don't know. It was a unique situation because not a lot of people get to do that. Because you, you redshirted. You and Aaron Wheeler yeah. redshirted together. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that, that first summer, like, talk about getting thrown to the fire. Like, I was in real practices, like, right away. It's not like workouts, <laughs> like individual stuff, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. you you know, I'm going up. <laughs> I'm guarding, like, Carson, like, five on five. Like, you know, we're doing plays <laughs> and stuff. I'm like... Dude, I can't guard this guy. <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was cool. It was a great like experience because that you know you're playing against those guys are all pros. You know when you went to the university games, like those those guys are you know playing somewhere overseas or or, or college guys that are really right. good. You know they were they were real like real deal like men. Yeah. So um, no, it was a, it was a good opportunity to to play in that. I thought I played actually pretty well. Um, and I, I I didn't think I was going to, but I I showed you know Coach Payne I could actually play a little bit you yeah. know at that yeah. time, yeah. and then um, you know the whole redshirt thing was already discussed basically with Coach Payne before I uh, I even committed. So you know it wasn't that much of a shock to me, but um, you know it doesn't you know it doesn't feel great saying like you know you're going to set out this year, you're going to have to just practice, work out, yeah. everything like that. So it was it was weird, but it was needed. I've never asked this to someone who redshirted, but I just thought of it now. Is the the idea of redshirting? Um, it probably is awful to think about. But mm-hmm. then when you get into it, is it as bad, or is it more like is the worst part just wrapping your head around the fact that you have to do it? Initially, I think the idea of doing it is the worst part. Yeah. Because like I remember, like I knew I was basically going to redshirt, but even when Paint pulled me into his office in the fall and like officially told me. Like, it was still, like, it still sucked. Like, I remember calling my dad, and I was, like, real upset about it. Like, that day, you know, you just, you feel like you're not good enough at that time. That's what I was going to say. I would think that it would be a sense of, like, he doesn't think I'm good enough. Yeah, 100%. When in reality, I, I'm not going to put words in Coach's mouth, but I've known him, I know him well <laughs> enough that I think what he would say is, on the contrary, I think that much of you that I want to invest in you. Yeah, 100%. And that, that was the thing that he said, like, you know, somebody's mentioned it the other day, but, like, can you make an impact now or can you make an impact when you're 22, 23? And like, that's the position I'm in now that I, I definitely can make more of an impact now than I ever would have then. Yeah. Which makes sense. But like, while you're in it, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. do you know, during the, like during the year, me and Aaron, like some of those days were bad days. Like, yeah, you know, like sure. some of those days are not fun. You know, you're just, you're just grinding where you're just lifting, working out, shooting, running, practice like you know that's like your day every day and you don't get a reward of a game right absolutely you know no doubt so some of those days it just turns into a grind but you know if you keep that like um end goal in mind it it's it paid off so much more for me that i like i needed it so much and it's the best decision i've ever made in my basketball career by far you know well and you like you said the 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 payoff is is the end the last year yeah you know well we we asked you at the beginning of the year, what was your what were your plans? Because you could technically take a COVID year, mm-hmm. and I remember you said, ah, "I don't want to be that twenty six year old <laughs> senior sitting <laughs> on the end of the bench," yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, I totally understand yeah. that. Um, you've got your degree already. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of 
completing a master's. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're going to leave here with, with uh, not only your undergrad, but a graduate degree. Um, so, yeah, that decision, all, all being told, all, all told, uh, worked out pretty well in the grand scheme of things, especially on the academic side, too. Yeah, 100%. And that was also another thing, like, I talked with my parents about, like, you know, by the time you leave in five years, uh, you know, you, ha- you make connections and you, you meet a lot of people, but you also have two degrees that you could fall back on if anything mm-hmm. happens, you know. And from the business school that I got, or management school that I got it from, like, you know, it's it. I have two degrees that are really great. You know? yeah. So no matter what happens, like I know I could always enter that world of, you know, business and, and finance and whatever I'm working on, like that, those are always good options as well. Well, we've talked about on this podcast before that coach painter always says during the recruiting pro- process, we're going to have two dreams. We're going to have a dream through basketball and a dream through academics. And mm-hmm. uh, you just referenced the fact that your bases are pretty much covered when it comes to the academic mm-hmm. piece. But you want to you want to try to continue playing when this run that we're in the middle of now is over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Do you have a, any kind of roadmap that you envision in, up in your head, or what? You know what do you think's next? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's very. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I it's it's so up in the air, like you mentioned that, like you know, you never know what happens. But obviously, you know, my my end goal is to play in the NBA. You know, that's the dream I've. I've dreamt of since I was a little kid, but, um, you know, I have my citizenship in Serbia, so that's always something that I could always, you know, rely on as well to play overseas and, and play in Europe. So, you know, if the NBA doesn't work out, I would love to, you know, try to play on a, a Euro League team or something like that. And if all else fails, you know, I could always go play in Serbia <laughs> as, you know. Well, yeah, that, we, you're, that's what makes your situation so unique, right? Yeah. As far as a guy that, if you would play overseas and mm-hmm. especially play in Eastern Europe, yeah. I mean, you have family and friends over there, I assume, right? So yeah. you would feel quite comfortable over there. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Like I mentioned, you know, my, my dad and his family are, you know, a lot are still over there. So, yeah. um, you know, that's something that I've only actually been over there once, you know, just uh, I tried out for the U20 national team for the Serbian national team. Um, but, um, but no, you know, that that's something that, you know, when I was there, I, I, again, like I felt very comfortable. So that's not anything that I, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't do, you know? So if I go play in Europe, I feel like that's something that I would be comfortable with. Yeah. And it's cool. I think that for our listeners, the benefit of that dual citizenship is, you know, some, some people have caps, I guess, so to speak, roster caps on them, yeah. you know, X amount of Americans or things of that nature. So it gives you a lot of flexibility Definitely. to do that. So, yeah. In fact, I, one of our former players that our listeners will know, Melvin McCants, mm-hmm. married a Belgian woman and ended up being a, becoming a, a Belgian citizen. He yeah. played a lot longer, mm. was able to play a lot longer yeah. because he didn't count towards their American right. cap over there. Yeah. So it's it, those those rules and everything in those different leagues and countries always fascinate me because everybody's got a different set. And yeah. you try to balance getting some Americans over there because it's probably a more – I don't want to say it's more exciting style of basketball, but mm-hmm. it's just different. Sometimes you can get some names because they're of the popularity of college basketball. Yeah, 100%. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to you want to have your own countrymen in there. <laughs> Definitely. So I, yeah. I totally understand the balance there. But that would be yeah. very cool. Um, okay, so this whole new world that we are in. First of all, well, two things that you experienced in your college tenure mm-hmm. that most people haven't. How weird was the COVID year? <laughs> really weird like to to 
first of all, the whole cancellation of obviously things, you know, it's just chaos. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know a lot, a lot of things. But that summer, just like not knowing like when we were coming back, I remember or like how workouts were going to go and everything with that. And then obviously you get to the next year, no fans, nothing. Like, uh, yeah. It was just bizarre. Like, you know, you never think of anything like that to happen. And right. You're in the middle of it, you know, so. And most like our, our, our new guys that came in, like I was trying to explain to them, like, you know, they were traveling with us last year and we couldn't eat together. We're getting yeah. our food taken yeah, up to our rooms right. individually. We're getting tested every day. Like, and don't get me wrong. No one was complaining. We were all very thankful to be able to be playing yeah. period. Um, but we did miss that camaraderie and being yeah. able to kind of, you know, bond and hang out and have fun on the road together. Um, and so I told him like, man, you guys don't know what you're missing. Like, it'll get better. Like it yeah. gets more fun. And then obviously this year we are able to have fun and do that kind of stuff, but you had already been through it and known how yeah. it could be. And then to have to revert back. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's what, like, like a big thing this year that i like talking to Zach and like Ethan, like guys that yeah. last year played, you know, Jaden, a, a lot of, a lot of minutes last year. And then the experience of this year, I'm like, this is your guys' first time playing, like, playing at, like, Assembly Hall. Like, yeah. last year does not count. Like, you right. know, that was not the same Assembly Hall. Right. Or, like, playing at Breslin or something like that. Like, even, like, at Rutgers, like, it's totally different when there's, for, compared to zero fans, to <laughs> yeah. what they have, you know. So it was definitely, like, a eye-opening experience for them. Like, oh, this is big-time basketball. Because even that Rutgers game was the first time everybody was against us. You yes. know, when yeah. we were at, first out of Connecticut. road game. That yeah. was, yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, out of Connecticut... It was, you know, 50-50. We played mm-hmm. Carolina. There's a lot of, you know, Carolina blue. There's a lot mm-hmm. of black and gold in the stands. Mm-hmm. And then you move on and play Villanova, same thing. Mm-hmm. And Purdue fans represented very well out there. Yeah. And you felt like there was that cool back and forth uh, environment. Then you go to Piscataway, and it's like all the, all the Jersey people, <laughs> yeah. like, you suck. You know, <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah, 100%. And you're right. Those guys, like you mentioned, like, you know, Zach and Ethan and Jaden, like, First time. Not yeah. to mention the other freshmen. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, welcome to the Big Ten. Like, yeah. That's a, a great first introduction to the Big Ten, that mm-hmm. place. Yeah. yeah. We talked about, uh, I've talked about this with, with Coach Lusk, because obviously his first year back was here before and, and very familiar with the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but had been in the Big East for a handful of years. Yeah. And he even said, he said, this is this league is just at a different level. Yeah. Um, the, the night in, night out, night out full courts, or full houses, rather. Um, it's just different. I mean, do you, as you went through this year, did you ever kind of re- take a step or take a moment and remind yourself, like, God, this is pretty, like, the environments we're going into is pretty cool? Definitely. Like, especially especially knowing it was my last year as well. And, you know, we have a great team on top of it. So they're extra riled up and everything like that. It right, was, yeah. Um, you know, it was, it, it was, it was awesome. You're stepping into, like, you know Illinois place and it's you know we're a standalone game and MLK day like it was unbelievable environment like stuff like that like you don't take for granted that like people are there not only for obviously to cheer their team on but they're also there to see you guys lose <laughs> right you know what I'm right, saying like bro. when the, the flip side of it so it's I mean people storming the court on us and everything like that like it's 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 obviously like the sign of respect like we have a good team and everything like that so to see fans like really into the game and like really wanting to see us lose at their places it's it's fun it's that's what big time basketball is about well and i said that i mentioned that the other day to some people that um 
The court storming, I mean, we're all over that, by, way over that. Like, if I never Four see times. another one again, uh, it won't, won't bother me a bit. Um, but at the same time, that's where you guys have kind of elevated this program. Mm-hmm. You know, you were able to get the first number one ranking in school history. Yep. And you've elevated to a point where we've been in the top ten all year. And uh, and that's it's a big deal now when Purdue comes to town. Mm-hmm. and. And I've been here 20 years, and it hasn't always been that way. Now, it has for, for a lot of those. It was yeah. a big deal. But you guys have, have been a big part of building this program and at the point where it's a big deal when you see Purdue on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Those opposing fans have that date circled now. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, uh, like you mentioned, like um, having a circle, like, you know, our last road game against Wisconsin, like, Cole Center is a great venue, but when it's not filled, it's not at the, you know, yeah. a- atmosphere that, like, a, like Mackey is or something like that. But that game, you know, that we were just able to play, like that was an elite level atmosphere. Like they were, obviously, you know, we're playing for, you know, both of us were playing for a big, you know, Big Ten championship and everything. But like that was one of the best environments like I've played in since I've been in college. And it was it was cool to see that. Like, because they also always haven't had that same environment at home like that. But to see, you know, us come in and like, the high stakes game like it was really cool to see yeah i think it's just another way that this program continues to raise the bar that people may not necessarily think about yeah definitely. so it's pretty cool and when you when you came to purdue sasha purdue mm-hmm. was uh, at that point we had certainly established ourselves as a consistent ncaa tournament team yeah, right definitely. so you knew what you were getting into you felt yeah. like hey i'm about to join a program here where the ncaa tournament is the is the baseline right that's the bare minimum 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, uh, you know, the, the seniors that were here when I got here, Dakota, PJ, Isaac, Vince, right. you know, they, they helped massive, you know, get, get the program from, you know, where it was to being that consistent, like, you know, 21 team or whatever NCAA tournament team that, um, and then they really helped me also understand that, like, that's, that's the, the, that's the bar, that's the standard. And then everything else, like, you know, we were trying to chip away at, at getting everything else. So. So the the other big thing I mentioned the COVID year, um, mm. which you know maybe you'll I don't think anybody feels fortunate to go through COVID, <laughs> but uh, it's just a, such a unique time in our yeah. in the history of mankind, I guess, so to speak. Not to make it a big, I mean it is, but it, that's that's the reality. And yeah. to play college basketball through that time is certainly unique. You also happen to come through uh, at a time when there's never been more change in the NCAA level. Mm-hmm. Um, NIL is the first thing that kind of jumps up. We've kind of hit on the transfer portal, but name, image, likeness, you guys have kind of been able to do your own thing, market yourself, make money off of this. Mm-hmm. You've probably been, um, on our current team, this being the first year you can do it, you've probably, um, I guess, taken the most advantage of it and, mm-hmm. and done it in a really good way. Talk about uh, some of the things you're involved in and then talk about how, how some of those things come about. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, I've been doing some different things. I have my own, you know, live radio show podcast at Mad Mushroom Pizza here on campus um, with Tom Brew at, at Sports Illustrated Purdue. So I've been doing that like a weekly 30 minute show, um, which is really fun. Like I like doing I like talking about basketball. I like doing different things. So just talking about what we're doing, Purdue basketball, whatever uh, has been fun. What's so, the toughest part of it? Um making sure that I could like last the 30 minutes of like saying like knowledgeable things instead of just blow through your stuff or yeah yeah. (laughs) or just like 
like if say we just come off of a loss and like yeah you know like just saying like one word answers like yeah, i got to give knowledgeable answers and and you know keep it interesting and, and you got to get your energy up yeah exactly like there's people in the audience like there's people like you know live is sitting in the restaurant and, like watching me so i have to you know i i have to be on you know well i want i don't want to do de- we'll get back yeah, to all this yeah. but i i think this is an interesting area because uh, people don't realize like fans get mad when we lose we get it yeah but you don't get madder than you guys yeah like 100%. you guys take it harder than anybody and um i think we've all we've all been in this position i don't care if rob's been in this position i'm assuming mm-hmm. um everybody that is in our kind of inner sanctum our in our basketball family has felt there's been a day or two over the last 20 years where I'd be lying if I said I just didn't want to stay in bed and pull the covers up over my head and, <laughs> yeah. and just yeah. not leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't have that luxury. Yeah. You know, we got to get out. We got to meet the day. We got to go practice. We got to whatever it might be. And in this case, you got to go get on the radio, yeah, which 100%. is nuts, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you've made commitments. Like yeah. it's like, um, yeah. you know, you can't you can't mail it in that day and just say, like, I don't want to do it. You know, <laughs> so that has been a new twist, like in the whole um you know just a year and season everything like i got i I, you know focused on basketball school and everything but you also have those other things that like if you want to do them you could do them if not it's not a big deal like you don't have to sign up for it but you know if you're doing it you got to do it and probably the worst thing before that was just having to go to class and walk across (laughs) campus after a loss right yeah yeah, put my hood up here 100 (laughs) percent Yeah, that that's always been a big deal too. But so. the flip side of that, nothing like walking across campus after a big. Win, oh, right? you ain't kidding! Hundred oh, percent. You ain't kidding. Yeah. Nothing like that. That was uh, especially after a good road win. Yeah. Um. So other nil stuff you got going on? Yeah. Yeah. So um. You know, just I'm working with uh, today just at Napleton uh, Italian Imports. You know, car dealership down in uh, Indy and Fisher or Carmel and Fishers, and um, you know, just doing some stuff with them, like commercials and shooting some social media stuff. Um, most of the stuff has been social media driven. You know, it's um, a lot of these companies want to you know build a bigger platform. I'm doing a thing with Dutch Farms. It's a you know dairy company. You know, based out of Northwest Indiana, um, Crown Point, Chicagoland. So. You know, just that they want to push more stuff, social media, gain their their following, and they just kind of look at us, you know, because we have a good platform with a lot of Purdue fans and everything like that. But yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I had my own uh, shooting clinic camp over the summer, which was great. It was a really fun opportunity that I could do that. I did it at Crown Point High School. Coach Swan helped, you know, just facilitate a lot of things. So a lot, I had a ton of kids show up, not a lot more than I thought, and. um you know, working with like different, you know, clothing, like the shop in Indy, they have a t-shirt with some uh, uh, teammates as well, but it's been cool. It's been cool. You know, it's a, a lot of different opportunities that I didn't think I would have, but you know, now I'm able to take advantage of them and work with a lot of great people, a lot of great businesses. And, you know, hopefully they reap the benefits of it as much as I am as well. Looking for that sports car commercial with you and your tank top and your gold chain on, laying oh, on the hood. Yeah. yeah, baby, get that muscle car. Stefanovic. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. So going through all this, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, your shooting camp, a lot more people yeah. showed up than you thought. Has it been surprising, like, the reach of, I guess, your popularity as a Purdue player and just kind of, uh, maybe the the impact of not only social media but the Purdue brand and, and Purdue basketball just like 
it never ceases to amaze me how many Purdue people are out there and how many Purdue basketball fans are out Seriously. there. But it's probably that's probably been an eye opening experience. Yeah, like I had no expectations going into the you know NIL bill passing and everything like that. Like I had, you know, I don't know what people were going to reach out to me if I was going to reach out to them. Yeah, it's like, uncharted waters for everybody. Yeah, it's definitely. been very interesting. And I know like the things that I like. Like I have. Um, <clears throat> Like uh, a clothing kind of deal sponsorship with Mizzen and Maine. Like it's a golf, you know, attire company. Like I love golf. And that was one thing I reached out to them. Like, hey, I don't know if you guys are interested. I don't, this doesn't even make sense. But like, if you're interested, maybe like, and it worked out. Like, you know, they were also interested. So like stuff like that has been really cool where it's like, you're just connecting with people, businesses and gauging interest. Like a lot of people have been. Either no, like you know, it's weird or not something yeah, yeah. like that. Or and I same on my part. Like I don't know if that's right for me or something like that. So it's been cool to see. You know, there's a lot of people that Purdue people, especially that have reached out and are interested in different things. And you know, it's it's been uh, it's been re- really fun. Has your business degree helped <laughs> a little bit? Anyway? A little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I'm trying. Like you know, you know what's one thing that has really helped. Um, you know that you know the Purdue compliance and and all that department has really helped us with and and all the meetings that we had and um you know sitting down with Tom Mitchell and a lot of the guys is like knowing your worth like because right. that's a big mm-hmm. deal like you don't I, going into it like I don't know what I'm supposed to make from yeah. something like right. you know. it's all so new nobody yeah. has an idea of like you know market value and what yeah. things you know what what are all the possibilities we're still getting our head around yeah. All the different possibilities. Definitely, like like based on your following or based on your interactions with people, like like what are you worth? And like Tom really helped me with that. Like kind of understand early on, like this is what kind of you could you know make or worth or whatever. And he he really has like kind of like helped me mold like a model for me talking to businesses and like keeping track of like all my you know finances, so tax purposes and stuff like that. That not a lot of people think about when going mm-hmm. into it, but it's like really important that people have to keep in the you know back of their mind yeah we've done a good job here and and tom mitchell our compliance director has been involved heavily in that and and all those little things you don't the other side of it you yeah know, think about you know uh, tax season applies to everybody mm. when you start making when you start <laughs> making money so uncle you sam mean, you don't get to keep all that money you made <laughs> you have to sam. actually give uncle sam a little Wait, bit of that you take his cut <laughs> So that's a no. It's and I think we've done a good job, and I think it'll evolve as as time goes on. It's amazing, like even like PJ, who's around our program, and Spike and Tommy, our GAs. You know, they look at you guys aren't that much of an age difference. Mm-hmm. You played together, yeah, and they look at you like God. Look what they get to do, and they're not that far <laughs> removed. There, and right. it's no different than like you know, Coach Brantley and coach paint look at pg like man look what he got to do you yeah. know it's just they, that's they, just the evolution of college basketball coach brand knew him oh back in my day and now pj and spike and tommy <laughs> oh back in my day we didn't get it i'm like it was like two years ago man like <laughs> i yeah. will say it gets better and better it gets better and better for student athletes as yeah. it should you yeah know, you guys work extremely hard and you you uh are getting everything you deserve and uh, it's it's it, it's good and i think uh It'll be interesting to see the future and where it goes, yeah. but uh, it's it's in a pretty good place right now. So, uh, before we get to the final four, which are four kind of off the beaten mm-hmm. uh, path questions, um, two two things I wanted your take on: just how lucky it, you've been to play in Mackey over the years, mm-hmm. and just kind of we referenced the environment, some of those other gyms. Um, you know, what's it like taking that tunnel? And you did it for the final time on Senior Day the other mm-hmm. day against Indiana. Um, just talk about your your thoughts on playing in the in that building. Yeah, I, I mentioned a lot, but like c- 
clearly I'm biased, but like <laughs> it, it really is. I think the best environment in college basketball. Like I think we're all biased. <laughs> yeah, regard, but yeah, but no, it's 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 tremendous. Like I've been here five years and I can't remember a game that wasn't sold out or you know or full mm-hmm. or you know something like that. You know, we're we're this year. You know, selling out exhibition games and everything like that. You know, there's a lot of expectations, obviously, with the team and everything like that. But it's um. You know, to to see you know fourteen and a half thousand people every single night, you know, show up and like really bring the energy, really you know, give us a, a great home environment has been um, it's been awesome. And um, you know, they they sometimes win us a lot of games, you know, with that energy and and uh, you know how loud it is. I, I guarantee if you ask, if you poll a lot of Big Ten players. I think we're either one or two all, you know, with everybody in, in terms of environment, loud and everything like that. I would agree with that. And I thought, I think uh, Foreman just put a stat out over the last five years. We have the best home record yeah. in the Big Ten. And that's your that's your tenure here. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, we are very fortunate that we get to, to play in and you guys get to compete in such a, a cool atmosphere. And you're right. Do you, do you remember coming in high school and did that register with you? Just what? Nova game. The yeah. Nova game was mm-hmm. the loudest, like most intense game I've ever been to in my life. And I was sitting there, I remember with my brother, and I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like you couldn't hear. And 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 uh, you get it from a fan perspective, like like there was like three hours after the game, I'm like, dude, I can't hear. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> like it's crazy. That's the game PJ makes the half court yeah. shot at halftime. And after yeah. that, and the loud was oh, the place was so loud. Crazy. Oh my it was yes. so loud. Yeah. And you, you know, Rob, you get the headphones on. I mean, yeah, obviously, so I, you still get it. Yeah, but, but not. Uh, but I get home and yeah, there's nights where ringing, your ears yeah. are still ringing and you're <laughs> yeah. like, But that game specifically, I remember, I was like, man, this is a different place because you know you're, you're going to recruiting. You see a lot of different places. You go to a lot of different, you know, games, unofficial visits or whatever. But you don't really like get to see an environment like that against Nova was one at the time. So it's like yeah. you know, it's extra, you know, extra charged up place, and it was it was really awesome. Well, there were two times Saturday. Uh, in the Indiana game, they called timeout, and I went up to say something to Coach Painter, and he's like, "What? What? <laughs> what? We had to wait, yeah. and we had to give it about seven, eight seconds for it to die down until we could have the conversation we wanted to have." Yeah. So, pretty, pretty special stuff. And then, and then, last thing before we get to the Final Four is just Coach Painter and what you know. If you take away one or two things from playing for him, that you're going to carry on, not just basketball wise, but just you know, in the rest of your life, what would they be? Yeah, you know, like uh, in terms of playing and in, in basketball perspective, like he he really taught me the the importance of like a concentration. He always talks about like you know, you know, concentration, focus to me. Like you know, when I'm when I'm really engaged in what I'm doing, I usually do okay. Like I do pretty well. But when I'm not focused on, on the task at hand and I'm thinking about something else or whatever the previous play or something like that, that's usually when I struggle. And like he's really helped me kind of just understand like when i do that i have success and it's really helped me you know you know have growth within my time here but you know just in terms of off the floor and life and you know just being appreciative of what you have because like we really have the best like he mentions all the time like you guys have it easy like you guys like you don't like we think all the time when you're in it like practice sucks you know yeah, this is yeah. hard yeah. like we do a lot of things like conditioning blah 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 like all that stuff is like but at the at the core of it, it's like he mentioned, like you know, you could be working construction. I could be working the steel mill, like you know, like something like that. Like there's a lot of people that wish they were in a position that we were in. So it's like sometimes you just have to take a step back and realize, like you know, we have 
the dream. Like this is yeah. this is what I dreamed of. Like literally, like this is what I always wanted to do in my life. So when I get here, it's like, how could I complain about my dream? You know? Yeah. Right. So good it's kind of, it's 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 good to have that in my mind. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. Okay, the final four here with Sasha Stefanovic. Uh, first question, the final four. Um, what is your go-to music of choice? Mm, that's a good question. I'm all over the place with my music. So, like, before games, Caleb actually just asked me the other day. He goes, what do you listen to before games? I go, I go from 50 Cent to Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> Makes no sense. Okay, Earth, Wind & Fire. Is I'm good. a big, I love, like, Earth, Wind & Fire, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Gap Band, stuff Did like that. Did your dad get you in Earth, really? Wind & Fire? Yeah. Yeah. My dad loves Casey and the Sunshine Band. So really, yeah, that's 1970 stuff. <laughs> no. What year were you born? Ninety-eight. Wow, yeah. that's, Lou. That's, that's cool, Lou. man. That's, that's a Lou's Lou. influence. Big Lou influence. Yeah. yeah. Is your dad a big music guy? When you're mm. like when you were a kid driving around, do you have recollections of your dad listening to music? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's he'll more like he's more like sports talk radio kind okay. of guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Uh, okay, question two here on the final four is what is your favorite all-time book or maybe a good book you've read recently? Mm, um, probably my all-time favorite book is The Alchemist. Um, I don't know the author exactly, what his name is, but I think he's a Brazilian guy. But that I think that's my, one of my all-time favorite books. I remember I got it recommended from a friend, and um, it's just it's just one of those things like, you know, remembering like your ultimate end goal kind of thing and like, what you're working towards and everything. I, I highly recommend I, I recommend it to Trey Kaufman. You know, he's kind of dealing with the, the same thing I'm dealing with in redshirt year and yeah. uh, everything like that. And I told him to read that, and he's read that, and he's really liked it. So Trey, is he's a reader. Yeah, definitely. Like and he, he mentioned, he's like, hey, do you have, like, any books, like, you like to read or something like that? And I told him. I was like, that's the one that I really, like, enjoyed uh, reading. So hopefully it helped him. Do you read much? Uh, you know, here and there. I, I, like, I like reading, but sometimes um, – my my attention span you just you know you go off sure no i yeah, know i do i do enjoy it though we're in a and we're in a uh, we're in a time when there's so many other forms of yeah. media too you that's know, my problem yeah podcasts or i guess you could books on tape and everything are available everywhere now yeah. that's a big popular thing now is the authors read them and things like that but yeah. uh, okay third question here on the final four if you could wave a wand and do any profession starting tomorrow what would it be that's also a great question. Um, Other than basketball, can I pick another sport? Yeah, you can pick anything oh, you professional want. Professional golfer, easy. Come on, you knew now. that was coming. That is the knew that was coming. Most popular answer of that question. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we've done. This is the eighty fourth episode of this show, and we've probably we've had a couple like season recap episodes. So this is probably like the eightieth guest we've had on here. And that's been the most popular answer. So go as professional golfer. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Probably about six or seven people have oh, said yeah, that. At least, yes. But that, but yeah, I mean, what a gig! Oh, I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> you're you're playing the best courses in the world every week, and you're making money on top of it. Uh, I'll Sign slap, me up. I'll slap on a couple of logos on my shirt, <laughs> pick up a couple hundred thousand, a couple million if I'm good enough. Call it a day. Yeah. Get cut, get a not play enough to get cut. Whatever, I'll go the next week and get all my get all my clubs and everything provided for me. Get all mm-hmm. my golf balls, gear. That's why I was trying to land uh, nil deals with like TaylorMade or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And this is the cool part about you know showing up and renting a house for the week. Yeah, and, uh, relaxing, playing a pro am on Tuesday, and here we go. <laughs> now, I mean, don't get me wrong; they work hard. Yeah, yeah. but let's you know. <laughs> They're going to the range. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Okay. Uh, 
Final question on the final four. What is a little known fact that no one or very few people know about you? Uh, usually my fun fact is my real name that I like to pull out. Um, my real name is Alexander. Oh. Yeah, huh. I don't really, nobody really knows that. That's kind of tucked away. Yeah, I know that because I, <laughs> I submit our flight manifests for yeah. travel and I that's have a to big spell thing. your name. Yeah, that's a, that was like a big issue in high school. My AU team, like always put my put sasha down so i would show up to the gate and the guy's like this is not even close to your name like i would show my id and he goes that's not even close he goes what are you like so we i had i ran into like a few flights where i almost missed them because they were like dude this isn't even close to your actual name yeah the tickets got a match yeah early on like you probably yeah that you're you're young enough where that starts to become an issue like back in the day like yeah eh, larry yeah. steve whatever good on how long have you been called sasha forever the Just only even as an infant they were yeah yeah the only um the only person ever to call me by my real name was my first grade teacher who was also serbian so she like made an emphasis to like, make sure i knew my name because i didn't know how to like spell my name like my real name right <laughs> i never used it like i didn't even know how to spelling i didn't know how to sign it i didn't so i just signed it on legal documents and everything like that and everything else i saw signed sasha huh. yeah do you have a middle name nope no middle name I think that's like a Serbian mess. Yeah, so Sasha doesn't appear anywhere. No, nope. just, just, just a nickname. What yeah, what you're called. Oh, yeah. That's Everybody, right. a, a lot of right. different people named Alexander are, are named, you know, something like that. Sasha, Alex, you know, something like that. But I'm a unique case. Yeah. Do your grandparents still have the cool accent? Oh, yeah. My grandparents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. my, my, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, he speaks pretty well english actually but my my dad's side my grandfather who passed and then my my grandmother like they don't really speak english well at all so they have heavy accents like coach paint <laughs> coach paint actually during during senior day complimented my grandma on her like sweater and she she like didn't know what he was talking about so she was like trying to figure it out <laughs> so we were trying to tell her like <laughs> but yeah it was funny he could <laughs> he's like oh i really like that she's like i don't know what you're talking about see if i fell we would have said he's telling you to move it along let's go yeah, you know, like, yeah we exactly would've, we would have messed with it yeah <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny well hey man this has been great we appreciate you taking time to join us and uh as we tape this we're kind of entering postseason play so we're excited about what this team has in front of it mm-hmm. and uh just uh it's been really cool man it's been cool to see you over the five plus years and mm-hmm. and uh see you grow on and off the court and um as we said you're leaving here with uh, two degrees and you'll be uh before we know it we'll be you'll be <clears throat> taking calls and texts for me to get you back playing those alumni games so. <laughs> coming soon yeah can i share one clear story with Do Sasha? It. yes before we close it out so it's your red shirt freshman year you and aaron mm-hmm. are red shirt freshman uh, we go out to Boston for the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. and if you remember, we practiced at Boston University, I'm pretty sure it was. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, you two are freshmen, or redshirt freshmen. Yeah. Uh, and you, I don't know if you remember this, but the practice we had at Boston University, you and Aaron were just killing it. I do remember that. You, do yes, you remember? I, do I mean, remember you that. didn't miss a shot. Yeah. And so Cliz and I are obviously sitting off to the side, and the practice is wrapping up, and Cliz leans over to me, and he says, I think that Sasha dude's going to be pretty good for us. Oh, I love that. And he was right. That's was, awesome. In the Cliz's wisdom, he uh, has always was 100% correct because you had a hell of a practice that day and you went on to become a hell of a player. Well, so Yeah, thank you. That's that, that's a cool story. I, you know, obviously Cliz is a, a big part of this program and everything, so it's hearing stuff like that is really cool. Yeah. Yep, I'll never forget that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Sasha. Appreciate you taking time. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, that's episode 84 here on the podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone. <laughs>